As I got ready to launch this podcast, A Bigger Story, I reached out to friends to ask what they might want to hear about on the podcast. Among the great responses was this one. One friend wrote, I personally would love content, thoughts, and guidance that is related to growing spiritually, but is agnostic. Is there such a thing? And she continued, I'd like to think that there is, and I would really enjoy growing in that area. Thanks for that question, because it gets right to the heart of what we hope to do, to talk about how you and I can grow spiritually, and how it just might be that the story of God, or if you prefer the story of divine intention, divine flow, or maybe it's more helpful for you and you like to think about it without the God language and think about how spiritual energy works in the universe. What if the story is a much bigger story than a lot of us imagine? A story big enough to encompass different faiths, to encompass questioning faiths, no faiths, atheists, agnostics. Loved ones, what's going on? I'm Bruce, and this is A Bigger Story. The whole idea of this podcast, A Bigger Story, is that it can be useful in some way for you, for all of us, whoever we all are. Buddhist, Jewish, Muslim, Sikh, Christian, nuns. And I don't mean N-U-N-S, nuns. But certainly, if you're a nun and being part of this community helps you, by all means, all are welcome and all means all. But by nuns, I'm talking about N-O-N-E-S, nuns. There's a research organization called the Pew Research Center. They coined the term nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They coined it for those among us who in surveys identify as religiously unaffiliated. When asked their religious affiliation, they checked the box, none. And that group was so large and is trending larger all the time that the Pew Research Center used it to describe them, nuns. So a little bit more about nuns, N-O-N-E-S, with apologies to Jeff Foxworthy. If you question a lot of standard traditional religious teachings, you might be a nun. If you don't like the positions that churches take on social political issues and it's caused you to back away, you might be a nun. If you don't believe in God, you are a nun. If you think of religion as irrelevant, you might be a nun. And if you don't like or don't trust religious leaders and that's moved you away from a declared religious affiliation, you might be a nun. And all those descriptions I just used, by the way, come straight from the Pew Research Center survey questionnaire. What does it mean to be agnostic? Agnostic. The prefix isn't ag. It's not about farming or agriculture. The word breaks up with the prefix a, meaning not, and then the word Gnostic, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, the G is silent, and somehow it's not silent when you throw the A in front of it. Agnostic means literally not Gnostic. So it begs another question, right? If someone is not Gnostic, we should probably figure out what it means to be Gnostic. Gnostic comes from the Greek word for knowledge. All the way back in the first century, there were groups of both Jews and Christians who were Gnostics, meaning they believed there was this spiritual realm, which was good, and a physical realm, which was evil, and that those realms were knowable, that you could develop knowledge about those realms, Gnostics. So for a Gnostic, 
the goal of the spiritual life is to access this certain kind of spiritual knowledge that further illuminates this separation of our spirits from our physical existence. Remember the police song, We Are Spirits in the Material World? Some Gnostics thought spiritual knowledge was secret, and to know it, you had to be initiated into the secret knowledge in order to be able to crack the code. That's Gnostic. So if you're agnostic, not Gnostic, you hold the view that if there is any ultimate reality, like God, that it's not knowable and probably forever unknowable. Now, here's an interesting thing. The early Christian church, and by early, I mean from around the year 30 to the year 300, the early church labeled Gnosticism as a heresy. Most Jewish leaders of that time period didn't like it either. So if being Gnostic was a heresy, there's nothing like a good heresy. If being Gnostic is a heresy, it might go to reason that being not a Gnostic, in other words, being agnostic, is not a heresy. And I'm sorry if that disappoints you, because if you're like me, you take a certain delight in being a heretic. There was a famous French Jesuit priest in the first half of the 20th century. He died in 1955. And he was also a scientist, a paleontologist, a theologian, and a philosopher. And all of that sometimes sounds really cool, and other times sounds really exhausting. His name was Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. The Vatican quashed his writings while he was alive. They Most of them weren't published until after he died in 1955. And there's a famous quote attributed to him. No one can find it written down anywhere by him, but he still gets credit for it. Here's the quote. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. That's kind of deep, so let me run that one more time. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Try this. Ask an everyday American Christian. I'm not sure there is such a thing as an everyday American Christian. It's so tribalistic. But ask an everyday American Christian, and there's a good chance you'll hear them repeat some version of Pierre Teilhard de Chardin's quote. I see it show up in social media feeds all the time. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Body and matter separate from spirit. I think part of what those who separate spirit from bodily existence are saying is that before we ever existed in human embodied form, our spirits existed. And that after we die, our spirits will continue to exist, which is very comforting when we're dealing with the loss of loved ones. And we say it all the time, they're still with us in spirit. I can feel their presence. They're looking down on us. You've heard that, right? Probably at a funeral, graveside, other times. There's a Franciscan nun. Her name is Ilia Delio. See, I told you nuns were welcome. Ilia Delio doesn't think that there is a spirit-body separation. Here's a quote from her. Christ invests himself organically within all creation, immersing himself in things, in the heart of matter, and thus unifying the world. And I have to tell you, when people start talking about unifying the world, they're getting my attention. 
She continues, the universe is physically impregnated to the very core of its matter by the influence of Christ's superhuman nature. There's another Franciscan, Richard Rohr, and you're going to hear me talk about Richard Rohr a lot because I think he's awesome. And Father Richard is right in line with Ilia Delio. He talks about recognizing divine presence, spirit, divine reality, present in all things. He says, all matter is infused with spirit. You see, that's different than a separation of the two. To say that they're infused one into the other. All matter is infused with spirit. And then there's Albert Einstein. Yes, we're quoting Einstein. He wrote, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. I think of spirit and energy as equivalent terms. So divine spirit, divine energy, same thing. Richard Rohr says all matter is infused with spirit energy. I think it's right in line with Einstein. And Einstein's right in line with Richard Rohr and Ilya Delio and Ilya Delio's understanding of Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. And when Richard Rohr says that all matter is infused with spirit or energy, here's what happens. One of the things that happens, he gets accused of being a pantheist. Accused, you know, because the internet is a vast universe of accusation. So Richard Rohr gets accused of being a pantheist. Pantheism says God is everything, and everything is God. And boy, that would be horrible in the hands of a narcissist. But Richard Rohr says he's not a pantheist. He says he's a panentheist. Pantheism, God is everything. Panentheism, God is in everything. Hear that difference? God is everything, or God is in everything. And Richard Rohr says the latter. God is in everything, panentheism. So if energy is neither created nor destroyed, only changed in form, as Einstein said. And by the way, more and more physicists are recognizing that there is a foundational originating energy in everything, including us. And it's creating a deep spirituality among many physicists. Richard Rohr's idea of panentheism sounds pretty much right over the target. Divine energy in everything doesn't feel like such a stretch. Spirit, energy, and matter aren't separate after all. Sounds like the early church was right. And if you go back to the so-called early church, you find many, if not most, strands of Christian thought and teaching were filled with this sense of union, mystical union between the divine, the spiritual, and the physical. Contra the Gnostics, who believed that spiritual and physical realities were utterly separate. So back to that word, agnostic. You or someone you know might be agnostic and might check the none box on Pew's research survey about religious belief and affiliation. So what does it mean to be agnostic? Maybe what being agnostic means is not jumping to this hard separation between the spiritual and the physical, 
where we call the spiritual good and the physical evil, which is what the Gnostics did. You can think of it this way. Body and spirit, physical and spiritual reality, exist together, 100% both at the same time, utterly infused one in the other, 100% both at the same time, not 50-50, like, like two blocks of wood glued together, one representing physical material world and the other representing the spiritual world, and not these two blocks glued together that we can pull apart and separate, but 100% both at the same time, inseparable. Imagine, for instance, a blacksmith's iron poker, and she's holding it in a fire until it glows red hot. And in that moment when that poker, that iron is glowing red hot, what in that moment, what's metal and what's fire? You can't separate them. And for Christians, which is what I know best because I grew up in it, was trained in it, in so-called Orthodox Christian teaching, in other words, in generally accepted ancient Christian teaching, Jesus Christ is actually the prototype for this inseparable union between the spiritual and the physical. The ancient creeds taught that Jesus Christ is of one being with God, very God and very man, very spirit and very flesh. Those were the words of the creeds, totally inseparable. And that through Jesus Christ, all of creation, including human beings, participate in this divine union. And that's not some weird pop theology. It's ancient Orthodox teaching, in case any of that ancient Orthodox stuff matters in any way to you. So to my friend who provided the question, I personally would love content, thoughts, and guidance that is related to leading a growing spiritual life but that is agnostic. Is there such a thing? Yes. Yes, there is. And to be agnostic, literally not a Gnostic, sounds to me like it could be a very good thing. And just to acknowledge that, I think it helps us see and live in a much bigger story. Thanks for listening. A new episode drops every Monday through Friday. Stay in touch. And remember, you are loved.